This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No nine to five. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Sachdeva. Welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom and also dissect the process, behavior and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. I love audiobooks and I have been using Audible for years. Whenever I am commuting to work and back, almost always I am listening to a book. Because I don't get time to read as much as I would like to, so audiobooks help me read books in a whole new way. If you want to try it out, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Himanshu Sachdeva. You'll get thousands and thousands of books to choose from which you can listen on your phone, laptop or even on your Kindle device anytime, anywhere. In this episode, I'm talking to Chidanand Hiremath, who is a visual designer, photographer and former digital nomad. He has traveled 30 plus countries till now and currently living in Berlin and getting his master's in children's rights and childhood education. His love for traveling started since his childhood when one day his father brought him an old Nat Geo Travelers magazine from 1949. In his early 20s, he left his first job and started freelancing as a graphic designer. Since then, he has never looked back. He is doing what he loves and exploring himself as an artist and as a creative. In this conversation, we talked about how he got started with traveling why he doesn't like traveling as a tourist, how he started out with freelance graphic design and did his first solo trip in India with his own earned money and subsequently internationally as well. He also shares how being a digital nomad may look attractive externally but how hard it is when you actually go ahead and do it. He also does nude art sketching and drawing and we get into the details about how it practically works out. He also talks about why he doesn't like selling work of art or photos on stock sites. There are a lot of interesting topics in this conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Chidanand. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Chidanand Hiremath. Hey Chidanand, uh, welcome to the show. 
Hey Himanshu, thanks for having me over, man. Yeah, yeah it's 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 great to have you here on the show, and um, I think uh, we have known each other for a bit now. I think four or five years. Uh, last time uh, we met, I think physically was in uh, 2015 uh, at Amit's uh, vegan potluck. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. since then, I've known you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, since then we have been catching up uh, on and off in between, and you have been traveling the world. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile <laughs> yeah yeah and you have uh, traveled a lot i mean uh, 30 plus countries right yeah i mean about 35 countries i think yeah by, by now yeah wow and uh, you have been like doing this uh, nomadic job where you have been traveling on your own with your own money and now from past couple of years you have uh, settled down in uh, berlin and right now you are in frankfurt right yeah, right now in Frankfurt, but yeah, I, it's tricky. Like I live in Berlin, but now I'm living in Frankfurt because I was supposed to go to India and then I had flight tickets to India from Frankfurt and then I had sublet my apartments in Berlin, uh, mm-hmm. my room. And then, so I couldn't mm-hmm. stay there, but then I have friends in Frankfurt. So I'm living in Frankfurt now. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was researching on you for uh, a bit in past uh, few weeks and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was going through your blog and you have mentioned about uh, the magazine, the National Geographic magazine, which your oh, yeah. dad uh, brought you, uh, the 1949 one. <laughs> so yeah. I think that that's a good, that's a good pivoting point uh, to start this conversation. So can you talk about it and uh, how your journey with traveling uh, and the love for traveling started? Um, I mean, to be very honest, when I was in school, I had no idea or, I mean, not much of a desire. I mean, I had fantasies, obviously, but I didn't know if it would be reality. Like uh, when I was a kid and I was in school, um, I would look at pictures a lot. Mm-hmm. My, my dad bought me a lot of secondhand books, uh, like tons of secondhand books. Like it, it, I think it was an, on an average four or five books a week. Uh, usually, and it could have wow, been Nagio, or it could have been an Archie's, or a Tinkle, or uh, quite a few other books. And Nagio magazines were a lot of fun to look at because that was the first time I I saw like good photography. Uh, you know, there were ads of like as Canon sees it, Nikon sees it. There were pictures from around the world. Uh, there was a magazine which had pictures of the Palais of Versailles, France, and when I looked at all this, I was like, wow, there's a huge world out there that, I mean, I don't know if I will ever get to see. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I was like low middle class or even like you could categorize me as, I don't know, poor, uh, in the early years. So it was more or less like people exist outside of India somewhere. <laughs> and I didn't know, uh, if I would ever travel. But I mean, that changed. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like all the reading all these books, uh, were planting a seed in my mind in terms of like there is more to explore so yeah from there I think it was in 2011 when uh, I was very into like a Formula 1 and there was this Formula 1 circuit uh, that was being built in India I think it was in Noida uh, Buddha International Circuit and yeah. I, I went to see the first Formula 1 race yeah. and then from there on I was like, why should I head back home, like straight home? And so I booked uh, a bus ticket to uh, McLaurganj. And, and I was like, wow, 
this is amazing. So that was my first solo trip. And then it just kept going on. I went to Amritsar. I went to wow. like all these other places throughout Himachal Pradesh. So that was my first solo trip. So that's the story. That's amazing. I, I think uh, solo trips, uh, when you do solo trip, it changes your mind uh, pretty much. I also did one solo trip in 2016, very recently. I mean, it's not uh, as far as yours, but mm-hmm. in 2016, I uh, went to Banaras and uh, oh, nice. the experience and the entire experience of uh, the Banaras trip was quite amazing. I, I won't say it was spiritual mm-hmm. uh, because I was not uh, looking for that, but mm-hmm. uh, it was it was pretty amazing. I sort of found myself there in on the ghats of ganges and yeah. it was quite unique and since then i've i've also been traveling a lot here and there in india but uh, not yet uh, have been outside of india <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it, so yeah i mean when i started traveling i mean i traveled in india for three years or so and i went most of the states mm-hmm. banaras was a very nice place for me too i spent a bit of time there mm-hmm. i was there right after the floods so the the ganga was completely flooded and then all the ghats were not connected to each other so you had to go uh, from one mm-hmm. car to the other via the main road. Uh, but it was quite the experience. Wow. <laughs> and Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Banaras was nice, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, coming back to it, uh, like as you mentioned, your father brought you uh, books every week, yeah. five, six books at least. So uh, how, how that uh, uh, parenting shaped you as a kid? I mean, uh, were they like um, more focused on uh, letting you do your own things and like making you read books so that you learn about the world from your perspective as well? So uh, can you talk about uh, your parents and the support which you've got from them? I mean, to be very honest, uh, I think my mom, uh, my mom read a lot more English books and everything like as compared to my dad. So like I could say I learned reading from my mom, but then I always liked how mm-hmm. dad narrated the stories. Um, so like my mom introduced nice. me to like books, like proper, you know, novels, not magazines. Um, so that's how I started reading that. So. If you take into account like the books that my dad bought and you know what I learned from my mom together I, I learned how to comprehend you know uh, whatever was written in a piece of uh, literature or a piece of art and that helped me evaluate I mean obviously right in the beginning when I was two my dad got me these comics and I used to rip them apart man like and my dad was never discouraged he was like yeah it's like as long as he does that he does that I mean and then I got bored of doing that like within a few months so I started bringing those books to him and he would read them out to me Uh, I mean that's how it began and after like I mean by the time I was three or three and a half I think I started reading them myself uh yeah from there on like I just I just kept reading until I was I think 22 or something or even 24. Yeah, and then I stopped reading that much because I was traveling full time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as you started traveling internationally uh, since uh, 2011, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, that was with your own money, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, so yeah. You were 24 years old at that time, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So how how did you start earning uh, that kind of money, like to travel internationally uh, on your own, uh, like in that age? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I tr- started traveling in India. So my initial travels were around the states of India and you don't need that much money. I think like the first job I yeah. had was, it was an IT job and then it was a three month contract and then I quit like 90 days into the job because I couldn't do a nine to five. 
Um, and then I started freelancing. Mm -hmm. So I did a logo for a client in Brazil, like through some freelance websites. And that person paid. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember. I think it, I, I got paid like 300 USD. And it like translates it to, wow. in, at that time, it translated to like 50 rupees, not like 75. And I had 15,000 rupees. Wow. And then with that, I, I just like, I went to, so I think it was 5,000 for the F1 ticket. And then the rest of it was the trip. But you don't need much. Like in Maklod Ganj, I stayed in this uh, like monastery hostel. And I think the per night price was 150 for like a huge room. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that could last yeah. me, like, for example, I mean, if I stay there for 10 days, it's still like nothing, isn't it? Like 1,500 rupees. <laughs> so, I mean, you can literally stay yeah, for 5,000. You can stay for the entire yeah. month in Maklod Ganj. So, yeah, I mean, that's how it started, man. And then, like, I, I kept getting more wow. and more clients through, like, word of mouth. And if people like my work, uh, they tend to, like, tell other people. Uh, mm -hmm. So I ended up getting quite a few like clients and I always had like three or four clients uh, simultaneously. And that allowed me to like log my hours mm -hmm. and then make money as I travel. Yeah, so it was, I mean, in a very nomadic fashion, you were doing that. So while traveling and executing those jobs as yeah, well, yeah, so it, that's like, how it Like goes. a digital nomad. Right. But I have to be honest here and I, <laughs> I have to say that like, because I didn't have uh, any upkeep, like I didn't have any bills. I didn't have to pay rent. Like my, I, whenever I was in India, I was crashing at my parents' place. So I wouldn't have to like yeah. rent a house. If I had my own house and had to pay all the bills while I was traveling, that would have been impossible. So I was literally making money only for my travels. And then when I was home, I wasn't spending mm -hmm. anything. Like I was hardly spending. I mean, maybe a bit on groceries, but like, you know, I didn't have any bills. True. So, I mean, uh, when, of course, you have uh, liabilities, so at that time, you can't do something about it. But, uh, of course, if your intentions are like to travel and your parents are supportive and uh, you are on your own, so you can do that uh, in that sense. But, yeah, it, it takes a bit of courage to, uh, like, think about that unknown territory when you are traveling in internationally. So, I admire you for that. And uh, I think well. <laughs> you the path of your heart and you started that journey and uh, another thing is uh, as many people are like right now on instagram and everywhere posting pictures and but in in their heart the the desire is to travel the world and be a nomad like the way you have done uh, mm -hmm. in in some sort of way mm -hmm. so uh, is there any advice you would like to give to them uh, to live this kind of lifestyle uh, if they want to start are there any uh, are there any specific bullet points you would like to mention i mean roughly speaking uh, i mean i wouldn't have bullet points because i never really thought of anything in that sense <laughs> like in in that manner but roughly i think yeah, yeah, the yeah. first step would be to like i mean speak to yourself and then find out what you really want it's not for everyone i feel like it's often romanticized and People live vicariously through like seeing yeah. these kind of lifestyles, but then it could be completely fake. I mean, um, that's why I have never been able to blog or vlog while I was traveling because I was so deep into traveling that I didn't have the time to like mm -hmm. put everything on the side and like have this portrayal of something cool happening or, or you know, like have five pointers that will help you travel, things like this. I feel like I, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't fit that much into like regular society um because of all the questioning and like 
I mean, people make rules for no mm-hmm. reason. But when you travel, uh, there's so much, I would say, it's such a heterogeneous crowd that, like, everyone has a different background, a different upbringing. So you learn a lot more. But but then, like, a lot of people feel comfortable staying in their own cities and, uh, you know, doing the things that they like to do. So I think the first step would be to, like, find out if you really want to do it, like, Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not just mm-hmm. like you want to do it because it looks cool or sounds cool, you know, uh, that would be right. the first point. The second point is like you should be ready to like let go of like safety and security because uh, mm-hmm. obviously like stability. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're freelancing, I mean, like the inflow of money can dry out and then, uh, yeah, and and. It's like visas, uh, relationships, for example, are difficult because you're always on the move. Um, you meet people, mm-hmm. uh, you let go of people. You don't have one close group. So you have to really think about if you want that, if you want like a network of connections around the world, uh, but no real like, you know, home group or something you can like uh, mm, lean on to for support. Yeah, that's the second one. The third one is obviously, and then like you just do it. <laughs> like there's nothing stopping you. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally all in the mind. Like the third thing is literally uh, uh, just find out how much money you have. You don't have enough. Sell something you have that you don't want. Uh, find out what's eating away your money. Like what are the, is it bills? Find out which bills you don't really need to pay. Um, yeah, and if you're renting a house, you just like stop renting the house and start moving out, and maybe then crash at your parents. I mean, it, that's the thing of privilege. Maybe not everyone has that privilege of like crashing at their parents. But I think mm-hmm. most Indian kids at least have that privilege. You said it right. I mean, uh, when uh, we see all these pictures on Instagram, like digital nomads and like uh, pictures on the uh, horseshoe and all these exotic places they are moving and they're sharing all that stuff. So sometimes yeah. it feels really fake because uh, I've known some people like including you uh, yeah. who are digital nomads and they're working remotely but yeah. uh, it's not always like so cheesy and it, it in real life it's very much different so yeah. uh, everybody needs to uh, like realize that that it can be tough yeah so to live this kind of lifestyle so so i agree with that and as you are a visual designer so uh, what kind of work you do specifically like uh, while uh, you are in these foreign lands and uh, what is your favorite uh, like art uh, style and what is your creative process around that <laughs> i don't these are difficult questions to answer because <laughs> i don't have a process to begin with like right from the time i was a kid i loved uh, you know um making art and art is so subjective True. because i mean i can call what i make art but then someone else is like this is shit <laughs> so i mean most of the stuff i did for money was uh I think making logos, uh, cause mm-hmm. I always wanted to like, I like, I, I like looking at branding. So I was like, I want to do that. And how I learned it was I just downloaded trial software and I just like explored it. Like, and, and by, um, I, during that time, I think this was way early before like we had good internet. Like there were not many video yeah. tutorials or anything of like yeah, that sort. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just going through all the menus, you know, like this is the selection tool. This is. Uh, you know, like the pen tool and then what it does, uh, how you select vertices. 
So you try to like get your vision, which you already had uh, on sure. paper. And then the tool doesn't matter. Because uh, if it's on paper, it's with a pen. If it's on the PC, it's with Illustrator or uh, any other software. So that was how I got into it. Uh, but in purely in terms of uh, like, yeah, I mean, purely in terms of art, I used to do a lot of sketching as a kid. I used to mm -hmm. draw a lot of uh, 3D models and um, and stuff like that. And then I was also inspired by like the Titanic, uh, <laughs> like sketching scene. Yeah, I used to sketch nudes as kid, as a kid, and I think once oh, wow. mom found out, <laughs> but like she didn't really say anything. I think <laughs> like she she was a nice mom, I guess. Yeah, if there was something like ethically wrong or something, they would always tell me. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So I used to sketch that and that was nice too. So I used to do some fine art in that sense. But most of the money came from, I think, doing projects for like UI UX layout. And I think mm -hmm. that comes from the fact that when I look at software and I, I, and I find like the user experience not that good, Connect. then I feel like I could make it better. And then like, that's how I help my clients. Uh, if they have a piece of software, a wireframe or anything, like if they have a set of functionalities that they need, I, mm -hmm. I like translating that to like a wireframe. Yeah. And that comes on like UI, UI, UX design, visual design. And I like making posters and things like that. But yeah, these right. were some of the things that I did. Okay. So uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you started creating wireframes around the UI UX as well. So are there, were there any yeah. gigs which you got probably by uh, like uh, starting on your own, like without uh, anyone asking for it and then sharing it and then they, they, they got you on board, something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's happened to me before. Like mm -hmm. um, some people that have seen my work online have contacted me and then I've done some freelance work for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but I, to be honest, like most of my clients are through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Like I had a nice client in Mumbai, uh, Uma Dakunya. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a festival curator and everything. And, and she liked my work. And then I started, I started designing a magazine mm -hmm. for her, like the layouts and the magazine cover. So that was something else I did too. Uh, yeah, like I've never really like I've dabbled in like quite a few things. Like I'm not a master of like one trade. I'm just like a jack of all trades. Yeah, mm -hmm. like yeah, more or less, pretty much all round when it comes to art. Like I right now, my focus is uh, in filmmaking and like grading and editing and all those things. So I'm learning mm -hmm. that now. So all I'm, right, I'm going to write some things. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as an artist, it's it's pretty much fragile. Like uh, the things which you work on, uh, sometimes it it feels very uh, uh, imprisoning. Like when you are labeled something, and because uh, everybody is uh, having so much things inside uh, themselves, like not just one art yeah. form. Maybe you are visual designer, but at the same time you are a photographer as well, and uh, maybe you are yeah. a writer as well. So so it 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 should not be like the way uh, like somebody's labeled but yeah i i like the idea that uh, you are dabbling into different things now and uh, like uh, experiencing that as well so that's that's a great thing uh, as an artist i think we should all do that i'm also writing and podcasting and filming all the time so it it feels very great to yeah, like nice. be able to do different things at the same time yeah i mean it works for some people yeah and and uh 
are there any uh, specific works uh, which you might have done for somebody which you think uh, like one of the best work till now you have done um i think there was a picture mm-hmm. of mine that nat geo traveler india printed uh, i think in november 2014 but oh, wow. i mean it wasn't it wasn't a good picture like i mean it would i have like tons of better pictures but then nat geo chose that one maybe so, the know. story was there um, in that picture <laughs> Yeah, uh yeah, it was for uh yeah. Yeah, it was for a friend. But yes, like I haven't yeah, I haven't been focusing on like really doing like big jobs. I actually like working with smaller companies, smaller firms, yeah. startups, uh people yeah. who are very pas- passionate about what they do. In fact, I would go to the extent of saying that I wouldn't really do work for like Facebook or Google if even if they like paid me a lot of money to do the mm-hmm. logos primarily. Interesting. So I feel like they uh, yeah because they have a creative vision and then I'm not like much into that vision so I really like working with smaller people uh, smaller so because they are, they also provide you freedom to work within uh, yeah like, and, and your I, own I can also like gauge in terms of my principles and my ethics I can gauge it a lot better than like uh, with Facebook or Google Yeah. Um it's like I'm promoting a brand but then they have a lot they want to do uh which I have no control over so I wouldn't like want to contribute to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And as you mentioned uh, that uh, you've been doing nude for uh, art as well so uh how does that go? Uh so do you approach uh, models for that or are there like uh, people you know already they they uh, with them you are doing that painting? and sketching i mean it is like it is people you meet i think it's not creepy or anything it's like i, I think yeah, if yeah. you can express yourself properly as like why you want to um do it or if the people are interested at all mm-hmm. just have like a normal conversation and yeah. if they say yes you do it yeah and if they come up to you then you do it too like if you want to like it's both parties it has there's mutual consent there yeah and and i think there's no there are no expectations and i always feel like people can pull out any time they want if someone says yes and then like we start it or even at the point where the sketch is done and then like they don't really like it they don't want to publish to it anywhere <laughs> yeah like that that anything is okay and yeah if you ask them if they would like to like model for a sketch so mm-hmm. i get it <laughs> pretty straightforward Yeah. All right. And uh as you have traveled a lot so are there any uh any places like one or maybe multiple which which are like favorite for you like you you tend to go back there? I mean uh purely in terms of places I like I think I like Bhutan quite a bit and Taiwan. Uh Mhm. Apart from Germany I like Germany quite a bit which is why I decided yeah. to move here. Yeah. Uh, but I really like Taiwan. Uh it was amazing. And is there any specific thing related to Germany and Taiwan which you like really? Um to start off with, I mean, in India one of those things I noticed, like a lot, lot of people didn't pay heed to uh, was the pollution. Like I used to always complain about it and mm-hmm. uh but people didn't see it i actually saw it gradually because when i was a kid the skies were blue in mumbai and then when i got older the skies were not blue anymore like the aqi was uh, over 100 most of the times yeah it was probably like two days of blue sky in a year uh, so that's the first the foremost thing taiwan is extremely clean 
And Germany is extremely clean too, like in the cities. Um, the second one was very calm. And I think there was freedom to express yourself. Now in Taiwan, to be honest, to be mm -hmm. fair, I didn't understand Chinese. So I don't know if I did something offensive and they didn't tell me. But purely in terms of like how I spent my time, it was very beautiful, very relaxed. Yeah. And there was just a lot of freedom. The hostels... And, and and despite being um, very developed and like uh, easy to get around in terms of public transport, uh, mm -hmm. it was cheap. And Germany is like cheap too compared to like other nations that have, that are this clean. Uh, yeah, like I could survive. Um, I mean, to be fair, like living the high life in Mumbai would be a lot more expensive than living a normal life yeah. in Taiwan. Yeah, and obviously natural beauty and everything. But I think that that's all subjective. And like it depends on your mood, who you meet there, where you stay. I don't think there's objectively like a better nation or a better place or anything. It's all like subjective. Sort. It's yeah. your subjective experience about the place. Like, right, like how right, you right. felt. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe things you resonate with uh, uh, for some places, like as you mentioned, yeah. uh, a few things. So, so yeah, that matters. And uh, that pulls you back to it again and again as Germany is pulling you all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, that's that. So, uh, jumping around a little bit, uh, coming to your photography. So, uh, is there any specific yeah. style of photography uh, you do uh, and experiment with? And what are the tools uh, like cameras and lenses uh, you're using? Can you uh, describe that a little bit? I'm, I'm using a full frame like Nikon D750, uh, mm -hmm. which I saved for, and I use, I, I use one lens. Yeah. I use mostly only one lens, nothing else. 50 mm prime cheap and oh. very sharp and wow. great bokeh. <laughs> and I like, I like the, yeah, <laughs> I used to do a lot of landscapes, but then I think purely when it comes to pictures, I like using the 50 mm. I, mm -hmm. I like taking portraits, portraiture mm -hmm. pictures and. Yeah, I don't really publish my work that much online. Uh, usually, like now, like it's like I have started printing all my photos and then I give it to the people, the ones in the photos. I, I don't really put them on Insta or anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, I, I really like taking portraits. Yeah. Are you not thinking about create, creating a store or something like that? Online store for selling your art? No, definitely not. No? Like, I hate stock photography. Like I would never do stock photography. Yeah, I mean, just for the sake of like selling pictures. For me, like it's not worth selling the pictures. I mean, someday if someone hires me to do a certain shoot, which I've mm -hmm. been hired for before, uh, then I would do that specific shoot and sell those pictures. But I wouldn't just take random pictures every day and put them on like online catalog and like sell stock photos. I get it. It's never been. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Here is a quick word from the sponsors of this episode. For you, the listeners of Lifestyle Architecture Lab podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 days trial. The free audiobook is yours to keep even after the trial ends. I have a few audiobooks to recommend. Number one is Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. This is one of those books which will take you back to the ancient times and teach you so much. I recently read it and it just blew my mind. Number two is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. 
This is one of the greatest bedtime books which I discovered. Neil Gaiman's voice just makes this book much more wonderful. This story and the narration is just amazing. You can download any of these two books or thousands more for free right now. Just go to audibletrial.com/himanshusasteva. Again, that's audibletrial.com/himanshusasteva for your free audiobook. Please enjoy. All right. And uh, what uh, applications like uh, uh, on your system you are using uh, right now to do visual design stuff and uh, graphic design and maybe for photography editing and uh, those things uh, are there any favorites which you're using every day i um i mean they're not favorites <laughs> to be fair i really hate the adobe line of products but then <laughs> like i have to use them like sometimes uh yeah. sometimes i have a workflow which is mobile completely mobile like i use lightroom mobile and then Uh, there's something called Lumi on Android store. It's mm-hmm. good for HSL. It's Lightroom mm-hmm. mobile like it's yeah, it's a bit too slow. N- yeah, so not Lumi's, too good for that <laughs> for speed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and then I use Snapseed. It's not good like if I want to print a picture, I'm not going to use Snapseed. Mm-hmm. But then if I'm yeah. printing a picture, like I use three OSs. <laughs> I use everything. I use Mac, Linux and Windows. And I've got All like right. different software on each of them. So the software actually doesn't matter to me. Like when it comes to pictures, I want a software that gives me control over highlights, shadows, blacks, white, and like hue saturation, lumin- like lumin- mm-hmm. luminosity. So like all those things. So that's all I need, like mostly. So Adobe software and, and like purely uh, in terms of editing, there's a software I really like, which is Resolve. I use Resolve exclusively. Like I used to use Premiere Pro, but then I, I use Resolve now. Yeah. I I to switch to Resolve I think uh, in 2019 early so since then I've yeah. been loving it <laughs> and I I'm even contemplating to get a small dashboard which they have for color grading it it's really amazing I've uh, oh, like yeah, used it at a friends yeah. it's amazing <laughs> yeah especially like and, the logical workflow like the node system is amazing I I haven't yeah. seen something like I, I hate great. like stacking layers upon layers in the timeline I mean now I can just have nodes because it's a uh, But anyway, it's like, like I used to sort of like, sort of like it. programming <laughs> in color grading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, are, are there any uh, individual apps maybe which you use on your phone for productivity and uh, self betterment? Anything you use? I mean, I'm very restless and anxious. So I use Calm now and then. <laughs> I think you know Calm like it, yeah. it's got all meditation the meditation amb- ambient sounds. Yeah, I like that. I haven't used it that much, uh, but yeah. Apart from that, like I don't use anything of that. So, like it depends. Like right now, you wanted a Zoom call, so I installed Zoom on my PC. But then, yeah. if someone wants to do a hangout, I do a hangout. Uh, but I don't use any specific software. If anything, I'm trying to move away from like software and everything. I'm trying to mm-hmm. get back to the roots because I feel like I. I mean, I don't. I haven't done that much research, but I. F- find that you you're more passionate about your work or you get into your work or there's a better brain connection when you write things on a piece of paper like cuz your hands are moving mm-hmm. in that shape so that is yeah. a sensory feeling as compared to like a keyboard where you know where the key is and you type it but it's not the same as writing something uh it's more yeah. hardwired i believe that yeah. so I, i want to get more into like real senses as opposed to like using software for things 
So I'm trying to make my life less digital, except for things that would be helped. Like really recording media yeah. and editing media would be what I use it for, but not really for productivity. I get it. Yeah. I agree with the thing which you mentioned that uh, you get a sensory feeling when uh, you're writing stuff down uh, as compared to uh, like typing into digital notebook or maybe laptop or an iPad. So, uh, yeah, that that's that's been yeah. it for me as well because I have been journaling from uh, a couple of years and uh, that that gives a lot of uh, clear headspace when you're writing things down. Uh, it's like taking a mental dump and putting yeah. it on paper and your mind is clear so it, it's sort of yeah. that so yeah yeah i uh, i agree with that and i also uh, would like to mention as you mentioned about calm so i've been using an app uh, uh, which is uh, created by sam harris yeah it's it's called waking up so uh, I, I I'm not sure if you might have heard about uh-huh. Sam Harris. He has a great great okay. worldview and uh, thought process and uh, the thinking which he puts puts out on in his videos and the podcasts. He has a podcast with the same name uh, and uh, the course which he has created now because he has worked with monks okay. as well and very much uh, like Eastern methodology of uh, meditation and. Uh, I I find okay. his meditations really amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I think you should try that. And uh, his voice is even amazing. When you are listening to it, you you sort of get into that state of like hypnotism. Uh, not exactly hypnotism, but sort of a meditative yeah. space uh, where you can uh, uh, like look inward. So yeah. yeah, that that's one which I would like to mention. And I just want to uh, get into another question, which is uh, like veganism. So you have been vegan for quite a long time, and uh, uh, what does your uh, routine nutrition looks like uh, in these days? Like when you're living in some abroad place and uh, you are cooking probably on your own or getting something from outside so how do you maintain that uh, like uh, diet and that uh, lifestyle i mean to be very honest uh, i identified as vegan mm-hmm. from 2011 uh but but i have to say like now i'm more of a freegan but i still don't uh, consume meat or anything yeah um, yeah, like the ideology ideology has changed a bit uh, over mm-hmm. time. Uh, I think I put a lot more thought into it. Like when things are inconsequential, it doesn't matter to me. And when they matter, like when it's under my control, then it matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like if things are going to waste, like let's say someone made some yogurt and like they served me and then now they're going to throw it, then might as well finish it. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. But purely in terms of like buying, I think I buy all vegan uh, and order all vegan restaurants. Uh, it's very easy. Like at least being in Germany, it's extremely easy because you get all kinds of products that are labeled vegan. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of milks. Uh, throughout my travels, I found like amazing milks. <laughs> like in, when I was in Taiwan, I found moong dal milk. Wow. And I found like six or seven other milks. Yeah. And in Germany, yeah, I get soy, almond, all kinds of milk. So that's not a problem. And in, in India too, like India is the, I think the best country for being vegan. Like, true, true. There's, there's tons of vegetarian food. It's all masalas. And so you just like, I think it's not much of a struggle. Like, yeah. but I would say that you should take care of with any diet, like not just veganism, you should take care of like your levels, like you should check all your vitamin levels and stuff, like check, sure. take care of B12, 
good. I had a very severe B12 deficiency once upon a time. Uh, before I was vegan, actually, but mm. I mean, but then like my life has been more or less vegan, even from the time I was a kid, because I hated dairy right from the time I was a kid, because I felt like it was non-veg. Because <laughs> my mom <laughs> would be like, "This is vegetarian," and then I was like, "No, it's not vegetarian. It's like coming from an animal stomach." So in terms of the vegan ideology, I always had it right from the time I was mm-hmm. a kid. But it just like it evolves over time. But it's very easy though. Like it's it's not very difficult. You just need to like put a little bit of thought into your food and your mm-hmm. con like your consumerism, like your choices of what you buy. But yeah, I think in India, uh, the the main thing is the mentality. Uh, like in the Indian culture and tradition, uh, uh, the ghee, yeah. the dairy, and all those things are uh, like they have been kept at this level that they are like uh, auspicious of sorts yeah, so that's cool. so that's the yeah. problem that that's the major problem for people becoming vegan uh, yeah it doesn't it never made sense to me like people <laughs> always said things were healthy but everyone develops like the same amount of fat and everyone ends up unfit i don't know what the justification is it's not like yeah. we have an amazing mortality rate or longevity like all kinds of things like mm-hmm. so it's like there's no like research behind it in terms of health and purely in terms of like ethics is it just like it's not your grandma's cow and it's not in a village and it like it yeah. hurts so it's 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 is like a torturous industry so yeah like the ghee yeah i hated it though like each time mom tried to feed me ghee like, it was like the smell of ghee just made me bath <laughs> and the smell of cheese also does make me bath so yeah so that's that's easy so it was pretty it was pretty easy for you to like transform into a vegan and so that <laughs> that's yeah. that stuff is already yeah, taken always. care for you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. i just hate the smell <laughs> yeah i get it nobody would ever say that i haven't met anyone who says they hate the smell of cheese for me like <laughs> when i wear my socks for like seven days and then i smell my socks <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it che- like expensive cheese smells like bad socks. Oh <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah, really funny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're going to keep that bit in the podcast. But yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I think we can keep it. Um, yeah, and uh, moving forward to uh, the next section, which is fireside chat. So I, I have some questions uh, yeah. with which we can quickly move on. So, what is your favorite uh, is it movie? Like a rapid fire, like a, yeah, sort of. But like, you can ex- you <laughs> okay. can explain if you want to. It's not like exactly uh, okay. rapid fire. <laughs> so, uh, what is your favorite movie or a show right now in these days? I don't know. It's the last one I watched. I watched Ford versus Ferrari, but then I watched like Parasite the day before I watched Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. and I really liked uh, Parasite. Yeah, it was amazing. Like. The way it was shot, everything, like yeah. literally every scene. I I saw that and yeah, I amazing. felt it was like work of art from the director's standpoint and the photography standpoint. It was amazing. Amazingly yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. But even the writing, like it just pulls you in, like the whole family. It's yeah. so interesting, the whole dynamic. Everyone's got their own like character in the movie. Uh, the girl, the boy, the, father, the mother, the father, and like it just starts, it pulls you in, and then it keeps going. Like, and but you think you know where it's going, and then it keeps going <laughs> to different places. And there's so many, like, I don't know, like psychological layers to it. Yeah, like even the people that watch it, I don't know how people watch it. Like, uh, if you're a rich person, how do you watch it? If you're mm-hmm. a poor person, how do you watch it? If, yeah, like it's, yeah, it, it, it also, like, on the other hand, it doesn't make you feel that that sad at the end. Like, it makes you think a lot more than make you feel emotionally sad. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those, 
Yeah, like it's very interesting because even with Nolan's movies or any movies that are supposed to like be really hard hitting and make you think, uh, they rely on like music and melodrama a lot more. Like I don't even remember the score of this movie, but yeah. like, it really hits you hard. Yeah. As opposed to like I see Interstellar or something where you would always remember like uh, Zimmer's music and then that like True. gives you that feel, like you know. But this is this is an amazing work of art. Really writing fun. writing was spectacular. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, what is your uh, f- uh, recent purchase? Uh, maybe before COVID, uh, uh, like hundred, under hundred dollars <laughs> or maybe five under five thousand rupees, uh, uh, which which changed uh, mm. your life for good. I actually haven't bought anything. I, I would say the ticket to Frankfurt because I mean <laughs> I met some nice people in Frankfurt, my friends. But I mean, before there were times when I bought a lens, you know, like the, I would say if it was all time and not recent, I think mm-hmm. it would be the 50mm lens. It was amazing. Like, I mean, you don't get anything that sharp and that good for that price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I think it was 6,000 yeah. rupees. Yeah. 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 And, uh, is there any person uh, in your recent memory uh, which you think is successful from your perspective not like uh, just from the money standpoint or success standpoint but uh, from your uh, perspective this is not i think anurag kashyap i would say like that's he's one of those yeah people that i feel if like someone who has succeeded in life and yeah does the things you would like to do mm-hmm. and hasn't really like i don't know yeah, it's all, it feels very genuine and that's what matters to me. It's not about like attaining a status in life and maintaining that. It's about mm-hmm. like speaking your heart and like creating things. So, and I feel like he's gotten to the stage where he can uh, mm-hmm. create things that are consumed by many people, you know, uh, as opposed to like being in a niche or a, uh, being in, in an art scene section of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. where he wouldn't reach many people like i feel like he he makes art and it also reaches people that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah yeah i totally yeah. make sense yeah. uh, any of his works which you really like any film specifically i mean pretty much everything like all of his films i think the first one i watched was devdi like yeah um, that was spectacular <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was yeah it was very interesting and gangs of vasipur i like yeah, I really like it. <laughs> All right. One and two. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, as you've read good amount of books as well, so are there any books which you would like to recommend? I haven't read any inspirational books. Like most of them were like for entertainment and fun. I read a lot of John Grisham when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of Frederick Forsyth and a bit of Robert Ludlum. I read a lot of Perry Mason books, which were all about law. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I read some Sydney Sheldon. Not a big fan. Uh, I yeah, I read some Paulo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I haven't read any Murakami or anything yet. Yeah, maybe maybe more fiction side you have read, right? Yeah, certainly. Everything I read is mostly fiction because I feel like I mean my life is making enough non-fictional stories. <laughs> True. I like because when you travel and you meet different people, you read a book every day, uh, sort of like, and then there's re- it's a real book. It's like happening in front of you, so. And that's when I that's stopped true. reading, like mostly. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That that's an amazing perspective. Like you are living your own non-fiction, <laughs> and 
then you need to read fiction to make sense of the world <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing which you would like to change about yourself yeah i would i would like to not be very restless you know like i would love to be a lot calmer mm-hmm. and be able to settle down like and get my thoughts together and start a project apply myself every day for a few hours I mean, right now i'm a very impulsive worker like even if i wrote my thesis like um, it, it probably happens on the last seven days like if it's a 20000 word thesis and i have three months i feel like 15000 were written on the last seven days and that's how i operate mm. i would love to like get to the point where i can sit down write 2000 words every day for an hour or so mm-hmm. have some sort of routine in life like that's what i would like yeah because it's very difficult for me to do that because i'm i very like a lot of nervous energy i think that i, mm-hmm. I need an outlet for and i can hyper focus but i can't really focus on different things like on a schedule like i can sit on a single thing for 6 or 7 hours when i'm yeah. into it it's like a movie you know when you watch a movie you're into it you're hypnotized by it um if that ha- that that that's possible for me but then i can't do things like watch 5 minutes of the movie every day you know i i won't be into the movie and that's one of those problems with like but if i'm able to do that i think it'll be a lot more productive mm-hmm. yeah true i agree with that and i have been also trying to do the similar thing and meditation is really helping me out with that like uh, sitting every day i earlier i was used uh, very much used to running but uh, as now <laughs> we're not able to go out so i've been like doing some uh, yoga stuff and uh, also some home exercise and then immediately after that i get into a meditation session and like uh, gunjan sharma's uh, instagram i think he he posts a lot of like workout videos indoors they're really uh, nice like calisthenic workouts yeah yeah, yeah, nice. yeah yeah check it out i'll check it gunjan out gunjan sharma i'll check it out he surely he's super ripped and strong yeah <laughs> yeah sure i'll check that and uh, like uh, right after meditation i have now uh, like from uh, many weeks i have been like uh, consistently doing some creative work maybe it is writing or maybe it's editing so uh, uh, like nice. a, a month or so back i think uh, tim ferris who is a writer he posted something like uh, uh, create before you consume so i i sort of resonated with that idea and i started that before like consuming any any kind of media or like uh, getting into my mobile mm-hmm. phone so i would uh, create something and then be at peace for the day at least <laughs> and uh, moving to the next question uh, another silly question is uh, let's say you were given a chance to put something on a billboard where maybe mm-hmm. a million eyeballs are going every day <laughs> so what is one thing that you would like to put on that i mean and this is difficult to answer like this is only one thing <laughs> i would say i would say know yourself i would put like know yourself because i think mm-hmm. people are in pursuit of many things in life um for like external reasons not something internal like maybe people don't even have a motivation to do things they're doing but they still do it because people expect things of them like very mm-hmm. few people really speak to themselves and speak to their innermost desires and 
really let them reflect. I feel like like everything that you've experienced as a human, right from the time you were a baby, um, has shaped you. And when you reflect on that, and when you like evaluate yourself as a human being, you tend to like make decisions that will make you happier, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, yeah, that's yeah, why that's, that's I, I hate saying things like go travel, go do this. I'll be like, once you know yourself, you will know what to do. I think it starts mm-hmm. there. I would, I would say like, <laughs> know yourself. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, like before taking the journey, you should start looking for the uh, like question which you want to solve. <laughs> Basically, you need to look inwards for that. Yeah. So that that's a wrap for the fireside chat. Uh, so there are just a couple of questions. <laughs> I think then yeah. we can wrap up. Uh, Perfect. Uh, one thing is, uh, as you mentioned, you are studying in Berlin. So uh, can yeah. you talk about like what are you studying and uh, like how how did you get there, <laughs> like in the first place? Um, I because my bachelor's was in like engineering. I did uh, computer engineering <laughs> and. I wanted to mm-hmm. do my master's in like social sciences because I traveled a lot and then I met so many people. I felt like it's too robotic uh, working on an aspect that is not human nature, like engineering or computer engineering is detached from another human experience uh, yeah. because it's more about making things work yeah. in the background. So I wanted to do social sciences True. and I met like many children throughout my travels, like, you know, young adults. I would call them, um, that really like, they interest me because, uh, with adults, they have a new, like they have these set ways of thinking and like set ideas. And when I speak to children from any part of the world, they give me perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they tell me things I don't know, but like the adults always tell you things, you know, um, maybe sometimes factual things you don't know, but mostly like purely in terms like philosophical things, children give you a lot more. So that's why I decided to study like children's rights and childhood studies in Berlin. Mm. Like I wanted to move to Berlin and I I was looking for um, like a course that would fit. And this Mm -hmm. was one of those courses. And so I ended up like... It resonated with you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like... That's amazing and very unique. (laughs) All right. So... uh, Another second last question is, uh, what is your, what is a goal or, or maybe something in the foreseeable future, a challenge which you are looking forward to, like as an individual or maybe as an artist, both ways? Uh, I mean, one of the dreams in life is obviously like making a feature film. I mean, if not for the theater, maybe even for like just Netflix or Prime or something. Uh, wow. That's one of the dreams. The other one is obviously like staying here long enough and uh, uh, being able to travel more. Like I want to travel to parts of the world like I haven't been to. I haven't been to like anywhere in Africa. I haven't and I haven't mm-hmm. been to anywhere in Americas like either continent or even Australia. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. I want to backpack most of Africa. Uh, not wow. as a tourist though like i don't want to be a tourist uh mm-hmm. which is going to be a bit difficult in terms of finances and everything logistics uh, but i i mean if i stay here long enough for a german passport uh then maybe it can get a bit easier 
to travel in the future. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of my love life, I mean, I have nothing like chalked out. <laughs> I have no like compulsions <laughs> or restrictions or anything in life. No pressures from anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm just like I'm enjoying <laughs> and. If something works, works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Living life as you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was great talking to you, Chidanand. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. So what's the Thank best you. medium for people to reach you who has some queries or maybe you just want to follow you? Thank you. It was nice talking to you too, mind you, <laughs> for a long time. And Thanks. I mean, I my social media presence has gone further and further down i have a youtube channel where i've posted only like a handful of videos uh it's called yeah. chi space voyage uh c-h-i space voyage like the french word voyage mm -hmm. and my instagram is like chi voyage without the space um those are the yeah. only two channels i have right now i do have a website which is chi.cafe chi.cafe mm -hmm. and yeah and i'm yeah i'm updating that website soon all right, so I'll put all these uh, links uh, and uh, good stuff nice which we have talked about, all the book recommendation and things in the show notes. And yeah. thanks for uh, sharing your time and energy with me. And uh, I wish you all the best for awesome, your travels and the uh, time you're spending in Germany and uh, Frankfurt right now. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, man. I mean, I wish you all the best with everything you're doing too. Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot for the kind words and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Himanshu again. Now, before you move on, here's something I want to share with you. I have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle. You can think of it as a weekly one-page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which I've been pondering on in the last week. It may contain popular articles, blogs, photographs, Instagram posts, books, videos, products or thoughts. It's completely free. If you want to get it, just go to himanshusasdeva.com. That's my name, himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email. You'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening.